I got love for you, man. You know what, I'm <laughs> what are we talking about? You know, I'm not here to start any trouble. I'm only going to say nice things about you from now on. I think you're handsome, and I think you're a wonderful host. I'm fat and I'm overweight. Just don't say anything silly. I was waiting for you to say that. I'm not laughing about it. You think this is funny? I take this serious. You know, I don't want y'all to take anything that out of context that I'm saying. He's very funny. He likes to joke around a lot. As a personality and as an entertainer, yes. This is going to be really quick. I'm not taking any questions. Go ahead and get comfortable. I'm going to talk for a little bit. You're listening to Cabby Presents, the podcast. everybody thank you for joining us glad you found us on itunes or the cabral richards facebook page i know that's i know that's very i don't ever speak in the third person but that's the name of the page it's facebook.com slash cabral richards i don't know if i like the third person i know it doesn't it doesn't i should say or on the cabral richards facebook page okay fine yeah okay then we'll go with that uh or on twitter or the tsn uh page uh we're happy that you clicked and downloaded and while you're listening to this um, podcast at the gym or on the bus or in class or at your desk at work thank you at the leader the NHL is like uh, the NFL in, in the United States it's a, it's a very big deal around here and uh, since the NHL playoffs are in the air we have a big NHL playoff edition for you today joining us for a candid conversation are players with two different perspectives in the game uh, one is an excellent goaltender who unfortunately plays behind another excellent goaltender. And he's from the East Coast, but he plays on the West Coast. Corey Schneider of the Vancouver Canucks will join us, and he will clear up the Twitter beef between his girlfriend and Milan Lucic's girlfriend. We will get the full scoop here. I feel like I'm, I'm out-scooping. Uh, what's, your, what's your TMZ? TMZ. What's your TMZ? What's the, dude's, what's the dude's name who runs it? Harvey, Harvey Levine. Le- Harvey, yeah, Harvey Levin. Or Levin, out-sco- sorry. Outscooping him. Uh, the other is one of the most likable personality, personalities Excuse me, in the NHL. Uh, he's a karaoke king with flowing locks. Chris Versteeg of the Florida Panthers. Uh, very, very entertaining dude. And uh, in my weekly podcast, a variety of guests occupy the co-pilot's chair. And rec- reclaiming the role of co-host. Back again, like it's, uh, it's an encore performance my good friend Justin Mulligan, a.k.a. The Ninth Wonder, is here beside me. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you, sir. It's good to be back. It's good to do back-to-back. <laughs> I was the first one to do back-to-back on the podcast, so I'm just going to I'm gonna hold on to that banner. Well, the, the reason I invited you to, to... No, no, don't take it away from me. No, I'm not taking it away. I mean, it's okay. The reason that you came back, back is because you and Versteeg have, I believe, like similar lifestyles. Like, you're both... You have a penchant for good times. You're like, uh, what's your, aren't you an ambassador? What's your thing? Which professional fun haver and master of good times? <laughs> okay. Just we're pretty similar, minus the millions of dollars that I don't have. <laughs> okay, yeah, fine. You're a master of good times, and I think you guys have a lot in in common. And we'll definitely get into a, a discussion about music because I know uh, Versteeg is a big music guy. And you, are, dude, you're seeing Bruce Springsteen. I'm seeing the boss. But you're, you're I was brought up on the boss. I mean, last week we talked about like your household and, and your musical, you know, influences. And for me, it was the boss. Really? Tom Mulligan loves the boss. <laughs> so by virtue of that, I love the boss. 
But you're not. You're like. You're, but Bruce, he's like sixty or sixty-five years old. He puts on one of the best shows in concerts out there. Right I've now. heard like I, three hours nonstop, no openers, doesn't take a break, sweating buckets, just gets you what your ticket is worth and more. That I mean, that that's impressive that he goes for that long he's considering 60 his plus age. Years old. Yeah, considering. But don't you get like? Isn't that too long though? Don't you get bored? No, he just keeps the party going. And we'll keep the party going. Let's zip out to the West Coast. Our first guest is on the phone. If it's going to be an interview, I'm going to conduct it. So I'll answer my own questions, ask myself the questions, then give y'all the answers. And now on the phone, one of the most interesting dudes that I have not had the pleasure of an extended weekend of partying, dancing, uh, barbecuing, and commenting on... Uh, societal problems in North America joins us on the phone, but I anticipate having this experience with Corey Schneider of the Vancouver Canucks sometime this summer uh, when we hang out uh, uh, somewhere. I'm not even sure when we'll see each other again. Yeah, unless you come to Boston or Toronto for some reason. Well, dude, come to Toronto for the summer party. Do you know my summer? Liz, I've been telling dudes about my summer party, and, uh, and Justin can vouch for it. It happens in August. Uh, and and Boston to Toronto that that's a one that's a one hour flight, homie. Yeah, it's a Not quick quarter flight. Yeah, it's actually an easy flight. Yeah, and and you can fly right into the uh, to the island airport, and then boom, and the the summer party takes place downtown. Oh and wow! It, it's uh, and we can have extended conversations while enjoying um, many cocktails and stories. But that's in we can, August. We can discuss an exit strategy from Afghanistan. hundred percent. Yes. Okay. I'm in. <laughs> and Count me can, in then. And Corey, we can also discuss exit strategies uh, from Vancouver, also. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so uh, 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 you're like okay. So you you have like an interesting position because like uh, you're a, you're a great goaltender and you play behind a great goaltender. And it's almost like, to use a baseball terminology, you're like a relief pitcher in this <laughs> present, in this present incarnation of your career. Yeah, you know, the closer. You're, yeah, you're the closer. Or, or yeah. you know, just waiting on a moment's notice. Something happens over the course of the game, and you got to go in. Or sometimes you start the game. So, with this perspective, when you're like, when you're when you're watching, how much do do you talk to your teammates while? There, like things are playing. Like, are there things that you notice that you can help them out with, or are you just kind of just chilling? Because whenever the camera pans to you guys, it just seems like you guys are just off in a daze somewhere. <laughs> yeah, there, there's uh, there's some of that involved. I mean, we got a lot of time on our hands. We got time on some of the bench, but uh, <laughs> I, try, I try to stay engaged. You know, a lot of times you know, the players don't want to listen to you. You know, if they're busy doing something else, but they'll they'll ask me stuff. Like they'll say, "Hey, what did you see here? Or did you see that?" or or what's going on with this guy? So I try to help and stay engaged as much as I can because, like you said, you never know. You got to uh, you got to hop in there on a moment's notice. So I think that's the best way for me to uh, stay in the game is to try to talk with guys and just uh, you know pay attention and then just stay involved in the game. So, in your opinion, what is the best arena to people watch? Um, Anaheim and LA are pretty good. Just Southern California. That's uh, <laughs> California girl. California kid. San Jose because I get stuck across the ice sometimes in the corner, so that's pretty brutal. Oh, San Jose sucks. But even like I've been to San Jose, San Jose, it sucks. Like it's <laughs> okay, it's cool. it's not Southern California. I'm just talking about the the uh, the visuals, the scenery. Say. Yeah, the accoutrement, if you will. Yeah, uh, you know, I usually leave up to my trainers because they're a little more. They can turn around and stuff. I don't want to be too obvious, so I got to sort of <laughs> keep my eyes forward. But if they if they give me a clue, then uh, then I'll sort of. 
adjust accordingly. Like in the movie uh, 40 Year Old Virgin, when uh, Steve Carell is it, it, and the one dude, uh, I think his name is Romney Malco, the, the brother who, with the shaved head is telling him to use his peripherals. Yeah, when, yeah, when, yeah exactly. when in the bar, like, use your peripherals, yeah. So that's <laughs> yeah. that's kind of how you got to do it. Okay, so, yeah, um, we go always have great peripherals, if you didn't know. Exactly. Oh, of course, yeah, you guys are all peripheral. Exactly. Okay, so so if, if uh, Anaheim or Los Angeles are the best to people watch, what building is the worst, Corey? <laughs> that's a good question. Uh, can I answer that without, without getting in trouble? Of course, dude. Nobody's listening yeah, no to this. Judging, I don't no know, judging. Usually, like, cold weather places where everyone's all bundled up and it's freezing, you know, like in Edmonton or in Minnesota or something like that. Yeah, those are tough. I was going to say the peg. It's not their fault, really, though. It's, like, negative six out, so they gotta <laughs> they got to wear jackets and, and hoodies and, and toques and stuff, so they got to... You know, it's hard. It's hard to see what's really under there. <laughs> it's uh, yeah. It's hard to assess. Uh, hard to assess them. Okay, so I have like because I I, I do a lot of traveling and uh, I love people watching. To me, is one of the greatest activities ever invented. Yeah, the first and, day of good people watching in the spring is one of the best days of the year. Oh, hundred percent, dude. Like just, we just went through that a couple weeks ago in Toronto. Oh man, yeah. just sit on a patio and just watch the day go by. It's white for white pants. Hand, so. Oh, you, well, you're in Vancouver, so it's always freaking raining for you guys. Yeah, exactly. We've oh. had a couple of nice days here this week, but it has been people watching nice. Oh, man. So uh, so I have these three. You rank these three activities as far as the best time wasters, all right? Mm. So there's, okay. there's people watching, uh, creeping on Facebook, or reading stuff on Twitter. In, in, in no particular order, you rank them from one to three, the best Ooh. mindless activities. That's tough. Um, I'm going to have to say... Creeping on Facebook as the at the number one as the number one. You can kill a lot of time oh, if you really wanted to. Oh, and I, I and I do often. I don't know about <laughs> yeah. Justin, but I'm. Oh, not, I do. Sure. <laughs> we both do. Yeah. We're only yeah, men. Exactly. We're only men. I'd say then I'd say probably people watching on a good day and then Twitter because I get get kind of old on Twitter after a while. I get bored. Oh, okay. So, but so you do get to you do read some stuff from time to time on Twitter. Uh, occasionally. I mean, it'll follow certain people, but uh, not that closely. Okay, I, I got it. So when it comes to your hair, Corey, you have been one of the chosen ones to rock mm. the red. Yeah. Um, so I'm just going to drive right in there. Is ginger an offensive term? No, it's not offensive. I don't take offense to it. It's just it's just like, you know, it's a physical appearance that people call you by. You know, it'd be like someone called you like, hey, fatty. Nothing you can do about it. Or like, it is what it is. It doesn't offend me. I just don't really like it that much. It's not. It's not an endearing nickname. No. Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, I come from a ginger, and so I have the ginger blood in me. I have the red facial hair, so sure. I, I understand it. Um, so we were we were brainstorming last night and came up with some great gingers in sports. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm gonna give you some names, and then if you could make a ginger Mount Rushmore with yes. four dudes on it, I want you to put your four men on it. And uh, keep in mind, no. Totally. No favoritism, because okay. uh, some of your teammates are on this. But Sean White, uh-huh. Boris Becker, Alexi Lawless, the, the Sedin twins, uh-huh. Mark McGuire, Blake Griffin, and Scott Hartnell. With Wait, that Blake mess. Griffin's a ginger? Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. he is. Wait, but no. I, Corey, I had to find one brother to throw in that list. To, you know, <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, well, I'd have to... Uh... I have to put Alexi Lawless up there. I'm glad you said him. I didn't think you were going to say that. Nice. Uh, wait, never, that's that's yeah. kind of that's kind of off the board. That's in like left oh, field I, right I there. I didn't think you were going to say that. I was going to add that, but that was knowing your ginger, so. Yeah, that is. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. <laughs> he had the original kind of long hair back in '94 when soccer became big in the U.S. So I got to put him up there because he's a pioneer. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think. I'm trying to remember the other guys you said. Uh, I said uh, Sean White, Boris Becker. Okay, I'll have to say Sean White too, just because I think he's a pretty big uh, cultural icon around the world. 
Yeah, he is uh, worldwide. Know, the face of Extreme Games and all that stuff. So he's a newcomer, but uh, I think I'll have to put him up. Um, I guess you got to put Blake Griffin there, too, to get Cavies. You know, the <laughs> quota. You got you know, to have a diverse Mount Rushmore, I think. And the fact that he is redheaded, I have no idea. So that's, I think that's even more awesome. I like um, the diversified Mount Rushmore. <laughs> it's a like 2012 it too, right? Mount Rushmore. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, uh, you know, I don't think you can pick Hank or Danny. Can you? You can't put one and not the other, right? No, no. So then you then you have to ixnay them both. Yeah, I think so, unfortunately. Um, but you know what? They're pretty low-key guys. I don't think they'd want to be on Mount Rushmore anyways. Uh, so who was the other guy? Boris Becker? Boris Becker, Scott Hartnell, and Mark, uh, and Mark, and McGuire. And Mark McGuire. Oh, Mark McGuire. Yeah, I definitely put him up. I think with the whole... That whole summer in '98, even though he was juicing, uh, I think everyone remembers that pretty well. So I think you got to put him out there. Nice. That's a pretty. So, so in conclusion, your rush, your Mount Rushmore, Sean White. Well, Alexei Lalas is the first face. Yeah. Alex, so. Alexei Lalas is Sean White, Blake Griffin, and Mark McGuire. Yeah, that sounds good to me. That's it covers so, different sports, different time frames. I guess yeah. it's all encompassing. Different cultural backgrounds. That's right. That's exactly. that's a, that's a the and the the mountain is just clay. <laughs> like it's a it's a red mountain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I like that, too. Okay, so uh, driving into the studio today, Cab and I heard an interesting uh, story on the radio about Canada becoming a cashless society. So, I mean, we're, we're getting rid of the penny soon, and there's talk about getting rid of all coins and potentially bills. Um, mm-hmm. So are you a guy that walks around with a lot of cash, or are you a, a plastic man? More of a plastic guy. Um, as an American, the whole Looney Tunes thing kind of confounds us. You know, <laughs> my girlfriend and I are up here, and we just have gobs of these coins, and we don't know what to do with them. And all of a sudden, it's like thirty-eight dollars in can. You're like, wait, where'd this come from? So, uh, <laughs> I think as Americans, we're used to the one-dollar bill. So, I think the coins, in my opinion, can probably go. I mean, no one really uses pennies and nickels, anyways. You know, even the meters. The meters in Canada, you need a tuning to get like six minutes. So. Yeah. You know, a dime gets you like 36 seconds on a meter. <laughs> so I don't think anybody really uses those lower denominations. So, uh, yeah, I can see. I mean, I think you need cash to some point. You need some sort of currency, I think, just to hold value, you know, like like gold or something like that. But uh, I think it's heading that way to a cashless society. So, so do you get annoyed by people that always have to have cash? I mean, I, I go out with with Cabral a lot, and we have to stop at, at the bank machine so he can go take cash out because he doesn't like to use his debit card and credit cards. Uh I don't mind it actually, you know. It, well, hey, it's nice to have cash. You feel more important when you have a lot of cash, <laughs> right? You just feel better about yourself. Well, I feel our bank accounts are a little different. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> ours, and, cash is ours and yours, Corey, are definitely different. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, but I think cash helps you. You kind of know what you're spending, right? It makes you a little more uh, cautious, and you kind of aren't going to go rolling around just swiping everything on your card and your bill a month later, and you kind of see what the heck. <laughs> That's true. So and, I, think, and, I think it's just more fiscally responsible. There you go. I hate I, being fiscally responsible. Yeah, oh, so what's it? it's like it's like a disease for me for bo- for both of us being being young dudes in the city and, uh, and and going out all the time. So you're so you would you could so you could see your if there was a cashless society you could totally operate there. You're you're okay with that? Oh yeah, I could function completely for sure. Now you, now now I usually put the cash around my cards and my clip my money clip there. But if I don't have cash, I just the cards just sit there. It looks kind of weird. Oh, the suit does that. You and the suit yeah, do, I do that. that too. Yeah. So so yeah, like I I just have I always put cash in one pocket and my cards in another pocket. I don't Which put, is weird too, I think. I, I suppose, but then I <laughs> I don't know, and it's it's never a lot of cash because I always it's always like, hey Justin, you got this. I'm totally. <laughs> and do you have a guy on your team that's like, hey man, you got this? Because I'm always that guy with my friends. I lean over like, hey man, you got this one. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, on the road, it's a little different. I mean, there's certain guys who are really good about, they always pick up the meal or something like that. And, and as a younger guy or a guy who's first, second year in the league, you know, it makes, 
you're not quite as used to it, but uh, it's always, you know, everyone kind of sort of reaches for their wallet. They do like the half reach, half pull out. <laughs> it's like a pump like, fake. Oh, you know, I, I, and then also sometimes like, no, no, I got it. Don't worry about it. Like, oh, you, you sure? You kind of do the half fake. Uh, <laughs> you sure you got that? Oh, thanks, man. You know, I'll get it next time or something like that. We but always. There, there, a lot of guys here are pretty good at that. Okay, wait, wait. Okay, so who's the best pump faker on the team? The guy like the half reach. You know, our, our team's pretty good. We have a good group of guys, and they all sort of pull their weight. And uh, Corey, and I need guys, a name. I need a name. I don't know. I, I'm not going to throw a guy in the bus. Like that. No, that's that. that that's... I, can give you that I can give you like a, you know, like a Kevin BX that pays for a lot of meals, uh, a Ryan Kessler, Keith Ballard, they all pay for a lot of meals. So I can go that way for you. Okay. Well, see, well, that you named three guys. Those are great dudes. I'm sure they're great team guys that pay for a lot of meals. Now, yeah. see, I heard another dude uh, from a former teammate doesn't pay for a lot of meals. But, oh yeah. Yeah, and he and he's a big deal over there. Oh yeah. Who's that? Uh, you know. Uh, you know, you're not going to name names, <laughs> Oh, no, I'll say it. I'll say Roberto Luongo's <laughs> name, no problem. Was, that's, that's who I heard. That, oh, yeah? Uh, yeah, from, from I, um, won't, I won't say well, the source. I won't give the source. But he said Luongo is, is a dude that, that uh, is known to have alligator arms. Well, you know, he, he doesn't come out a whole lot. He's usually, he, just, he just stays in his room or is playing poker or something like that online. So he actually doesn't come out a whole lot. But uh, we actually just had a meal in, in uh, Minnesota at the end of the year where he took the whole defense score and the goalies out for dinner. So, uh you know, I think we can we can put that myth to rest. Okay, okay, very nice. Very, you're very you're uh, very diplomatic. Very nice hey, work. You know, you 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 Boston dudes really know how to. You guys know how to uh, how to operate. Yeah, you know. Are you sure you're not one of the Kennedys? We roll tea parties and massacres. That's how we roll. <laughs> <laughs> so, Our politics. So, uh, I remember speaking to you on the phone last year, uh, around the beginning of the playoffs or in the middle of the playoffs or something, and yeah. I was um, I was doing some uh, research for for a producer. At eTalk, who was preparing a story about, uh, I, I believe it was right around the Stanley Cup uh, fires. Sure. Now, you gave me a wealth of notes about what happens in the dressing room and like oh, cer yeah. certain things. And it was awesome. And I'm going to read a few back. And I want, I want you to tell me if this still happens. Mm -hmm. And if it's not this player doing it, who's the new guy? So, okay. so um, for instance... Uh, Kevin Bieksa taps everybody with his stick a certain way before making their way out yep. onto the ice. And then yeah, for he you, he, he still does that? Yep. And oh, yeah. And for you, uh, he always taps you twice in the jock to make sure you're wearing one. Yep, yep. <laughs> so, okay, that's still, that's that's still, still intact. Play. Okay. Um, you said that uh, Manny Mohaltra is usually the last one onto the ice. Oh, yeah, absolutely, man. He's always the last guy. Okay. And if you, if you notice, too, like after we skate out, and before the anthem, he's always the last guy standing at the door because he wants to make sure everyone's on the bench before he gets on. Oh, okay, okay. And you also said that uh, Danny and Henrik Sedin and Mahalcher will wait until the very end to get into their uh, their gear before warm-ups, like five or ten minutes uh, before getting into their gear. Is that still the case? Yes, yeah. They're usually, uh, I think, I'd say the last ones to get dressed for sure. Yeah, they wait till the last minute. Still like that. Now, one of the quirkier things you mentioned was, uh, is it Yannick Hansen? Uh-huh. Uh, he wears the same green socks, and they look like dress socks every game and still wears the same jock from his peewee hockey days. Uh, he still has a jock, um, but I think he got new socks finally. A lot of the guys are switching to those those ones where they, you can't get cut in the back there. Like oh, the yeah. <clears throat> so I think he finally switched his socks out. They're not the uh, the greenish ones. They're, they're different. So, yeah, that one's gone. Okay, so that one's no longer in Okay. And uh, you said uh, Alex Edler is known as the clock guy, and he so he alerts everyone when it's time to take the ice for warm-ups and yep. coming out after intermissions. Yes, before the game and after periods here. For periods, he's the one who tells us when we're going. And does he still use the line, here we go? Uh, yes, he says, 
Here we go, boys. Here we go, boys. Okay. In Swedish, in a Swedish accent. <laughs> uh, you always, uh, so this, I don't know if this one's still intact, but last year, uh, Ryan Kessler would always say with a smile, good habits, good habits start in warm-ups uh, before uh, every game. He hasn't said that much as this year. I don't know if he's going to bring it back for the playoffs, but uh, he hasn't, hasn't said that as much. So does he? Okay, so he doesn't have that line anymore. Yeah, he no, said, I haven't heard it in a little while. Okay, because you you mentioned he said it once, and the guys chirped him about it, so it became a thing all last season. But yeah, exactly. No, I don't think he does that anymore. All right, now the the three things that you revealed uh, last year in this conversation with me around the the playoffs were um, you always have an iced coffee before you yep. start. Yep, absolutely. And yeah. now it's it's pretty much every game day, regardless of if I'm playing or not. Okay, and you said that uh, Luongo also drinks coffee as well. Yeah, he's a big coffee guy. A lot of guys drink a lot of coffee game days. To get them. So how come you guys will go coffee and not Red Bull? Like, they both give you kind of the same jump, no? Um, some guys will do Red Bull. Uh, I personally just don't like the taste of Red Bull. I think it's disgusting. So I'll, I'll stick with the coffee. Oh, man, Red Bull and... I love Red Bull. Red Bull and Grey Goose, dude. Oh. It's just, it's, it's magical. Yeah, I just, ugh. It's like, it's like poison. It's like not natural. Oh, uh, well, no, it's not natural, but, like, neither is alcohol. <laughs> like... True. Yeah. No, I, I just stick with the coffee. Okay, fair enough. Uh, well, I mean, the ingredients in alcohol are natural, but putting it all together. But anyway, uh, you, you mentioned that you used to toss uh, three squash balls against the wall to sharpen your reflexes and work on your hand-eye coordination as part of your pregame routine. And yep. sometimes you would juggle them, and then some of your teammates would watch in sort of curiosity as to how you're warming up and looking at this strange exercise. Do you still yeah. do that? I absolutely still do that. And I think, I think I'm like getting a strained rotator cuff because I don't, you know, I used to play baseball, so I had a good arm, but now I don't throw anymore. But I'll just sit there and whip these balls for like five minutes, and and my arm will just kill me afterwards. So I gotta, I gotta do some sort of like band stretching routine, like the pitchers do. Yeah, dude, can you stop doing that, please? Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, like what the freak? Like, uh, you know, listen, we are in Toronto, and although I'm not a Maple Leafs fan, uh, people want to see you in the blue and white here, okay? So just make <laughs> sure that rotator cuff is 100%. All right? Okay, I will. I'll make sure it's sharp. And uh, and the last thing you told me was that you listen to the song "The Streets Have No Name," which they also play in the arena, uh, like a theme song for the Canucks. Yep. You listen to that in your headphones while you uh, while you're busy visualizing as part of your pregame routine. Does is that still the song that you listen to before games? Yes, it is. Uh, I have a playlist that I listen to while I'm warming up, and that sort of changes from year to year. But uh, that last song has stayed the same for quite a while now. So, what else is on the playlist? Uh, it kind of depends on on what I've picked up. I mean, you know, heavier stuff like Lincoln Park and uh, Disturbed or Three Days Grace, stuff like that. So you're you're like you more, you veer more onto the side of, of like you're a rock guy. Yeah, yeah, definitely more of a rock guy. Do you have like the Black Keys in there? I don't. You know what? I actually like I pretty much stopped collecting new music like two years ago because I just don't listen to the radio a whole lot. So I really need to like update my library. Wait a second. You stop. My girlfriend this... else would do that for me. She gets all the new music for me. Yeah, but isn't she into like? She, I mean, is she also like into rock or is like? Yeah, she no. I mean, she's obviously more into hip hop and rap and stuff. But uh, she she picks out some good rock songs. She knows what she's looking for. Yeah, you can't have Katy Perry blaring before. No, 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 <laughs> she's not into that kind of stuff. Rihanna and that kind of thing. Uh, I mean, she is, but not as much. Yeah, wait. You're, you said your girl's into hip hop and rap. Yeah. Oh yeah. Nice. I'm just I'm giving her a pump fist in the in the studio. Okay, nice. I'm just yeah, yeah. I'm just giving her some props. Jay Z, you know that kind of stuff. Oh, nice. nice. Hey, do you, you? Oh, I guess you guys you guys didn't get to see the Watchathon concert, did you? We did. We we got home the last day. We they did back to back shows in Vancouver and the tour, so we saw the last show of the. Of the That's tour. when they played uh, Paris like eleven times. Yeah, her, yeah. Her, her, her yeah, was yeah like eleven six, times in a row. Uh, again, I just kept doing it again. Were you there? At, you at the show? Oh yeah, there were probably <sighs> like five or six of the guys and, and some days, so it was great. Did you get to meet them? The artists? No, we didn't. We were hoping to, but uh, I think last night of the tour they were either out of there or they were doing something else. Oh, man. 
So okay, so other than okay, so they're they're like that was you gave me like or you gave us like eight or nine different little nuggets about what happens in the room. What what else happens in the room that you, things that that pop to mind? Uh-huh. Jeez, eight or nine is not enough. Um, no, <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, it's 2012. You get, like, update update the list. You got some different guys in there. And I'm sure, you know, because hockey players are so superstitious, maybe they'll want to change things up. Yeah, um, I'm trying to think. Like, I, I think certain guys, like Max Lapierre, always taps my pads before every period. He'll come by and tap each pad once. Um, just like a little tap, tap. All right. Uh, I think it's mostly me because I'm sure other guys, I mean, if you notice in warm-up, I don't know if anyone's ever watched the warm-up closely but uh you know guys have the same things almost every time i mean uh before the half moon drill the last year they do uh kevin alex burrows and yannick hansen will pass the puck the exact same way to each other all around and then kevin will kick it to burr and burr does he does the uh, passing for that drill um That's pretty cool. little if you paid attention for more than one game you probably notice a lot of things come up I don't even know if I've seen one of your games this year, dude. <laughs> well, there you go. We went to um, one. Oh, yeah, we did go to one. We went yeah. to one in Vancouver. You guys played uh, Minnesota. But oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah we right. played the Wild. Wait, but okay. who, did, oh, I think you got – did you guys – did they win that game? I can't remember. Yeah, I don't remember anymore either. Yeah, that's, I mean, what, it's 82 games. I mean, it's hard to remember. We just played 82 games. I don't think I remember a single one of them. <laughs> well, dude, you have a great record. Like, you, wait, I think you were like, – I just looked at it today. You're like 20 and 8? Or something in the yeah, it was pretty well. Yeah, it was a good year. Um, you know, the boys help. You know, score goals that helps. So that always makes your record look good. But uh, no, it was another good year. I was pretty happy with it. Dude, so how do you how do you know when it's your like? How do you know when you're going to play that that the next game? Uh, usually, just coach coach give me a heads up the day before and say uh, you're going tomorrow. You, and just that's it. You're going tomorrow. That's it. Yep, you're so, going tomorrow. So then, like, and you just say you you know you rip off like you know two three four games in a row. You're feeling nice. Do you just like and you know when you're feeling confident, do you go to find the coach to hear that, or you just wait till he comes by? No, nope, you gotta just kind of wait. You know, you never know what's gonna happen. Sometimes he sort of loops towards you during practice, and then turns around and skates away, and you think it's coming, and it's like, ah, <laughs> oh, no, goes the other way. You get that tease. Yeah, and then all of a sudden you'll just you skate around, and you hear somebody behind you say, "You're in tomorrow, son," and so uh, you kind of look around like, "Who was that?" <laughs> so he's very he's very sneaky like that, but yeah, he'll usually let you know. One thing that um, you know on this uh, on this podcast. Uh, we also have uh, Chris Versteeg, and um, we were talking about um, the referee, like the relate. One, one thing I, I find interesting, and 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 this is some perspective that the fans would never see or never know, is how you guys communicate and deal with the referees, like your your conversation, your chatter with the referees. Now, yeah, are uh, are you a guy that like? Obviously, you're probably friendly, and like, do you know all the referees' names? And like, how do you go about trying to befriend them so that you can, you know, kind of have them on your side? Um, yeah, that's something that I'm not as well versed at, just because as a goalie, you don't really deal with the refs a whole lot. I'm I'm more into the linesmen, just because they're always the ones coming to get the puck for me after right. whistles. Okay. So I know I know a lot of lineys' names, and and you know when I'm on the bench, the linesmen are along the boards, and they're at the bench more often getting water, so you can you can kind of yuck it up with them. The refs stay by themselves over on the scorers box but uh you know I'll, I'll try to communicate with the refs about like guys in my crease or if, if something was close or if i got bumped and you know it just goes wide and they'll say hey you know i would have called that off or i would have waved it off if it went in so you know you gotta have you know as a goalie you can't really piss the refs off it's hard to do that yeah of course and there's really not a whole lot with me to involve with them but you know it's always good to have a good line of communication just so you're on the same page yeah because lineys don't really have a lot of juice 
So, I mean, the good relationship with linesmen is awesome, but it's like they can't really sure. do much for you. Yeah, but, you know, the center's really got to grease up the linesmen just so that way, you know, they're not getting kicked out of draws yeah. all the time. And, and they're, not, off... uh, they're not getting screwed on, you know, places <laughs> with sticks and all that. Wait, so, wait, wait, wait. Close off sides, stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Corey, you said the centers have to grease up the linesmen? Yeah. Or the reps? What do you mean? Like, yeah. what do you mean grease them? Like, be nice uh, to them or actually give them grease? No, no, no. Just, you know, be like they're like they're nightclub, bad, bad, like nightclub bouncers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Be a good guy to them. You know, butter them up a little bit. <laughs> who do you? Who have you seen as the best at talking to either the ro- linesman or the referees? Like the guy who's like the politician on oh, the I'd team. Manny, Manny Mahotra for sure. He uh, every linesman in the league loves him, and with good reason. He's a good guy, and he he speaks well, and he's very fair, and he doesn't ever lose his temper. So, uh, you know, I think that's part of the reason why he's a fifty-eight percent face-off guy. And the, on the flip side, who would be the worst? Like, who do you see just abuse them? <laughs> Because, I mean, uh, you, you hear it on, like, 24-7. Like, the way that, that NHL players talk to the refs is pretty pretty hard. Yeah, a lot of guys give them a lot of grief. We're, we're pretty good at not, you know, I mean, we'll, we'll complain about calls like anybody will. Um, but we tend to let it go. Some guys just stay on the whole game. But, uh, you know, Cass is a pretty competitive guy, and he really wants to win. So if, if something doesn't go his way where he felt they should have gotten the benefit of the doubt, you know, he'll let them know, but he's not overly uh, – insulting or anything like that oh i thought just, I, I, just, a little, just a little prickly <laughs> prickly that's a that's a very good term i thought you were gonna say he's not oh, like overtly uh uh respectful and he's just like, no he's respectful su- but, super uh, you, harsh. Know, you always see him you know he might snap once but then he'll go back and and talk to him again and just talk to him in a calm manner and they'll figure it out together when you're in when you're in practice who's the guy that messes with you the most like there's always those guys that just shoot extra pucks on you and yeah. they'll try to want to score when you're not paying attention who's the guy that messes with you the most uh, I'd say either Mason Raymond or Yannick Hansen. Yannick Hansen is a pain in the ass in practice. <laughs> get under, he's getting, he gets under guys skin in practice, not just the game. So he, he's always just yapping and saying something. So well, he's, he's got to practice his skill. Stop. That's what he does. That's yeah, what practice is, is for. You think he wouldn't do it his own team. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess that's like you practice at home and then uh, then you take it out to the real world. That's pretty yeah. funny that it just yeah. it's just like a pest to you guys. Yes, yeah, and I got a connection everywhere we go to home and road, so I got to deal with them all the time. So, um, okay, we'll get you out of here on this to, to borrow okay. a line from uh, Tony Kornheiser. As far as like, uh, you know, where are you going to be next? Okay, actually, one thing because people are going to. So just just for the record, the Twitter beef with Milan Lucic's girlfriend and your girl was real. Uh, yeah, that yeah, actually happened, and it wasn't yeah. an April Fool's Day joke like I thought. No, no. Wow. Okay. Okay. So that's and and you know we we leave that there, and uh, and as far as like um, your your employment, your future employment, um, do you, would you you know I know you're gonna. Stay out on the West Coast. Or are you gonna come see uh, some dudes over here on the East Coast? <laughs> if I knew, I wish I, uh, I'd tell you. If I knew, but uh, I think the guys, the guys upstairs, making more money than I am, make those decisions. So uh, I kind of leave it up to them. So I, you know, I, I like it here. I love having the chance to start the playoffs right now, and, and you know, possibly get into the Cup again. But uh, anything after that is, is anyone's guess, and, and not even I know at this point. So uh, I think I have to talk to Big Mike Gills if you want that answer. Dude, you really are a politician. Corey, hey, you it's know, very you, diplomatic. Yeah, very, you could dance your way around anything, dude. I, that 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 <laughs> skill must come in like in handy when just dealing with people, like teammates or you know your bosses, or even in your relationship. Just like being able to just talk people down or just talk around stuff. That's very nice, dude. Yeah, it's, it's coming quite in handy. I'll, I'll give you that much. <laughs> were you ever like? Were you the, ever like the? Uh, you know, you did like challenge teachers and be like a debater. Not a, not no, like a, not I, even a debate really sense, but I was a pretty shy guy. Like growing up, I was really reserved and quiet and didn't say a whole lot. You know, unless it was around my friends. But uh, I think ever since I've kind of you know 
got into college and opened up a little bit, you know, matured a little more. You just, started, started being more outgoing. You got you got your Matt Damon on. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. You got your good the Corey Hunter. Yeah, the, how do you like them apples? Yeah, I like them apples, exactly. Hey, man, it was awesome having you on the podcast. Thanks, Great. Uh, thank you for your perspective. And, and uh, obviously, Justin and I wish that you have a, a very successful playoff run. And if you happen to be uh, in Toronto in August... You know, you know where you need to be. I know where to hit, yeah. Yeah, and if you happen to be this side of the this side of the world, gainfully employed uh, with a team that has a blue and white sweater, then we'll have m- many more conversations. Okay, great. Sounds good, Gabby. Thanks, Justin. All Thanks. right, man. Take care, dude. Appreciate it, guys. Bye. Our politics in Corey Schneider's future after a successful hockey career. Well, he certainly has the chops for it on a diplomacy and conversational level. And now let's uh, take it from Vancouver to South Beach and our next guest. If it's going to be an interview, I'm going to conduct it. So I'll answer my own questions, ask myself the questions, then give y'all the answers. As I mentioned off the top of the show, joining us is one of the most likable people. He's one of the most likable athletes and certainly one of the most likable players in the NHL. Uh, I like this dude a lot uh, because he's entertaining and he tells great stories. Um... And I, I believe the women like him more because of his flowing, like, matinee idol, um, uh, soap opera-esque hair. Christopher Stieg joins us you now. You put it like Brad Pitt from Troy, either way you want, you know? <laughs> yeah, I could say Legends of the Fall. Right, okay. Legends but, of the Fall, whatever you want. I was, I was thinking more, who was the guy? I was thinking more Fabio, like Fabio's yeah, Fabio, hair. But, but well, Fabio's locks, I guess, they're a little... There was a deep blonde, like a darker blonde, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Fab, it was good too. Fab, yeah, but you pre- you would prefer Brad Pitt from Troy, like that's where you yeah, want, that's like where you Troy, wanted me to go. Like when I take my shirt off, I expect to look like that too, like Brad Pitt. <laughs> oddly enough, I have not seen, even close. <laughs> oddly enough, I have seen you with your shirt off in celebration when you're in the dressing room, you're celebrating with the. Chicago Blackhawks after you've... Yeah, uh, you're after, right beside me. Yeah, after you guys won. The, I don't, and I don't even know when your shirt came off or why your shirt came off, but it did. And, uh, I, I mean, I'm, I, I can't say that you are in the same, uh, you know, uh, conversation as Brad... You're in the conversation with Brad Pitt as far as physique goes. I don't know if, oh, you're, I don't know if you're in the same sentence, but you're in the conversation. No, not even close. But, you know, <laughs> in my own head at times, I'll, I'll try to put myself up there with him. There you, there you go. So, okay, so you're playing in Miami, um, which is uh, which is famous for South Beach, and in a city where you have the Dolphins and, and the Miami Heat and the Marlins and the University of Miami and Rick Rouse. Um, are you are – you Pitbull. Pitbull, too. Pitbull, too, yeah. <laughs> um, and who's the other dude with the uh, – is it Flowrider from there? I know he's from Florida. Florida, yeah. Florida. Florida. I just figured that out actually when I came down here. That Florida is Florida. Florida, yeah, yeah. It took me a while to yeah. figure that out too. Uh, we're cut from the same cloth. Uh, it's yeah. Very, yeah, and it's dirty. <laughs> but yeah. uh, are you relatively anonymous in uh, in Miami, or are people starting to recognize the curls now? Yeah, I think it depends where you are. You know, down more so in Miami. I think that's where you know the basketball players and the football players are more. They more lo- more so live down there. We're a little bit more north of that in Boca and Fort Lauderdale, but definitely uh, you know from the start of the season till now, when you do head out, you do get recognized. People are coming up to you saying good luck in the playoffs, and it's actually uh, it's a treat because coming down here, I didn't quite know what to expect after playing in some pretty great hockey markets before, but 
you know, now coming down here, you don't really know what to expect, especially with them not being able to win for the past few years. But it, they've really rallied around us as a team, and it's been a lot of fun. Dude, like you played in like except like the hockey markets. I mean, the, I mean, you played in Toronto, Philadelphia, and Chicago. I mean, with the with you know with the uh, apologies to Montreal, Boston, and New York, uh, and yeah. Detroit, I suppose. But you played in like in huge markets. Um, okay, and so I drafted to Boston too, so I got to see you know a lot of different hockey cultures for of, sure. Of course. So where where did you have the most juice? Or where do you have the most juice, other than Lethbridge, Alberta, where you're from? <laughs> Are you ever going to come to Lethbridge? Dude, As a, whenever I get an invitation, Oh, Chris, yeah, the invitation again. I said your invitation's always there. But I think Chicago, for sure, definitely after uh, definitely after winning in Chicago, that, uh, you know, you walk anywhere now. You get free dinners, free lunches. Still, still to this day, you know, uh, a couple years later, People still treat you with—they're uh, they're the nicest people too down there too. So they treat you with a lot of respect, and I really enjoyed my time there. And obviously, uh, after you win a championship for a city like that, they definitely remember who you are. Dude, you had—you had some pretty huge goals, like and and certainly against like the Canucks and obviously the Flyers, and it was uh, yeah, it was. And so wait, what's that? What's the pony one? What's that? What's that spot you told me to go to one night in Chicago? The pony, the pony, just the pony. Fair. Yeah, the point. I don't know if it's there anymore, but uh, the owner of the bar is Chris. He's a great guy. It was, uh, it was. Uh, I don't know if he's there anymore. It doesn't. I don't think he is. But it was uh, a place where we all went and we enjoyed it. Hey, I'm going to Justin and I are going to Chicago for my birthday uh, in a couple of months. So I mean, I was I was planning to stop by the Pony because I did enjoy myself the last time I was there. Granted, it was in 2010, but you're gonna have to come up with some spots like we're. Our first night would be Wrigleyville. That's just Wrigleyville. What... That'll be a that'll be a good kickoff night, and obviously get to underground and tell Billy that Chris or Steve sent you. So I think you're gonna have a good time. Or the tavern. There's a guy named Scotty there. He's a manager. My dad, when he heads down there, he always name drops. Uh, <laughs> you know, and he thinks he he thinks he's the king of Chicago when he goes to the tavern. And he, he really uh, asked my brothers about it. It's a funny story. One time they walk in and Roy's like, "I got this. I got this. Where's Scotty?" You know, telling everyone. <laughs> and Gino, but um, yeah, you go to the tavern too on Rush. I think uh, you ask for Scotty, you'll have a great time. I like how Justin does this too. You refer to your dads by their first names. You're like, Roy's got this. Justin's yeah. always like, well, Tommy Mulligan. It's yeah. always that, that's how you guys get that. It's very funny. Well, I think it's a friendship, right? You know, yeah, I, my dad actually he lives with me back home too, so um, it, it's more of a friendship too. I think that's why you call each other. I call him by his first name at times. <laughs> my dad refers to me as his number one son, but I am his only son, so it's just by default. He refers but... to me as an idiot. I don't really know. <laughs> and all my other two brothers too. I don't. That's why we all get each other screwed up all the time because he calls all of us three the same thing. <laughs> nice. So, Chris, speaking of your aforementioned amazing hair, I mean, having that now enters you into a new category in the NHL, and that is great hockey hair. Um, we, yeah. had, we, we, me and Cabby compiled a little bit of a list of other candidates for this, and we wanted to see your take on them, maybe your top five. Uh, Roberto Luongo, uh, yourself, obviously, Scott Hartnell, Eric Carlson, Claude Giroux, Steven Stamkos, and Ryan Smith. Maybe like your top I'd, five. I'd first like to like 
thank you guys very much for putting me in a category <laughs> with such great, great players, you know, and I'm not, I'm like that middle of the road guy and I'm up there with Steven Stamkos. And, that's a pretty good all-star team. Hair. If it was, you if know, that was just a team right there, that's, that's legit, that squad. Yeah, you ask, you ask people 20 years from now, yeah, who has got the best hair and they'll be able to know about five of those guys and then they'll ask who I am and they won't know who I am, but, you know, maybe, uh, but, you know, I, I definitely have to say Hartnell when his hair is long and it's curly and it's red. It's out there. It's got to be the top uh, top one. And Roberto Luongo's had some flowing locks for some for a long time now. That's probably my number two. Uh, you know, Chris Letang's got long hair, too. And that's... Uh, oh, you're going you're going two. off the board. Yeah, it's right in yeah, Canada. I'll go off the board. That's my off the board pick. And Eric Carlson... Obviously, he's a pretty pretty average player for what he's done this year, so I'll give him the number four. And, and Ryan Smith, the Warrior, number five. Uh, myself, number six, because I'm never going to let Claude Drew uh, <laughs> think he's got better hair than me. Dude, on that list, you're the only one with a Stanley Cup ring, so they should remember you, dude. Yeah, I guess if you go look at that uh, that cup, you might remember me. But like I said, I don't know if uh, the people will. But, you know, it doesn't matter as long as you guys uh, – I mean, I'm just really, you know, I'm blushing almost that you guys are putting me in this little category. <laughs> no, dude, you should uh, – now, another one of your skills, I mean, I don't know if, if having – sure, having flowing locks is a skill, but another uh, skill of yours is your ability to sing. And I know that you uh, sung at Andrew Ladd's wedding, and uh, and uh, according to Andrew, it actually went pretty well. I, I, I When I interviewed him in Winnipeg and he said you did a good job – um, where's the last place that you sung publicly? Publicly? Um, you know, it might have been actually back home in Lethbridge uh, at one of the bars. Um, <laughs> that might have been the last time I've really done it publicly. The last time where anyone's probably heard it. Or I guess uh, it, it would have been at a, at a gala we had at the start of this year. I sang to Dale, our GM, knew I you know, he knew I'd sung for the crowds in Chicago before and stuff like that. And it was a bowling. It was to go bowling. If we could raise $3,000, I'd sing for the crowd. And Dale ended up bidding up to, like, 2900 So someone else had to bid 3000 And, you know, sure enough, uh, I had to sing. And Dale had a good chuckle about it. So that was the last time, I guess, you know, for some fans for the team. Uh, that was really the first time they actually got to meet me. So I don't know really what their, their first take I'm on like, me was. But this guy? It was a lot of fun. What did you sing to Dale? Actually, I, I stole it from Bladwinning. I sang Hero for Everybody by Enrique Iglesias. <laughs> that's your go-to song. Like, that's, like, in the pocket. You know, you can always, you know, you, people, artists always have their hits. I mean, Justin said he's going to go see Bruce Springsteen uh, this week in concert. And, you know, you just want, you know, you just want the hits. Hero by Enrique is, like, one of your hits, isn't it? That, that is one. Escape is the other. I got a bunch by Enrique. <laughs> the, ping, the ping pong song, he's got a lot of good ones. And the ladies but. just love those songs, though, too. Yeah, they, they really enjoy him, you know. Like you're picking uh, wisely. I think wedding parties more so enjoy him when, you know, the, the creative <laughs> juices are flowing and um, everyone uh, has had a few too much to drink and they, they like to hear these type of songs. And actually, the fun part about the song was I was singing in the middle of the floor and for the chorus, everyone would jump in and Lad's dad was in the middle of the floor. He grabbed the mic from my hand and he's singing it too. And oh, that's so great. It was, uh, it was actually a lot of fun and... Um, you know, it was a, a very enjoyable night. So wait, before you sing publicly, do you get yourself warmed up with just a couple of cocktails and make sure everything is, or can you just go out cold? 
and just perform I, for people? I, I don't know. Mainly, I think the cocktail warm up is my best. <laughs> the best your best form of preparation for me to get out there and, and and actually kill it you know that's when i really up. <laughs> or at least think you killed it <laughs> yeah i think i've killed it you know like i said before i i may not be like brad pitt from troy but you know when you can confidently tell yourself hey maybe i'm like brad pitt from troy it, it helps but you have uh you know yeah definitely there's a couple times obviously the parade I might have been down a, a bottle of champagne before I sang, <laughs> but, but it was only 10 in the morning, but it was, uh, <laughs> you definitely, to sing in front of 3 million people, I don't think you uh, can do it sober. Hey, why Why are the song so many of the songs that you sing Enrique songs? Like, why that artist of all the artists? <laughs> you know what? I think it really annoys a lot of my friends back home when I sing these songs, and it annoys my girlfriend, it annoys a lot of people. And they do not enjoy me singing, you know, with the accent I throw into it and stuff like that, too. Um, but, you know, at nighttime, when, like I said, when, when I'm feeling it and the people are feeling it, uh, I think they end up enjoying it. Very nice work. Nice. Well, yeah, I mean, one of these days, the next time I interview, you're going to have to break off a little, a little something-something. Yeah, I got to get something new for you, you know. Yeah, I, I, I mean, yes. They're, 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 yeah. Like, get something like One Dimension. Or a Bieber song. I mean, you're staying in the realm of pop artists, so you know maybe maybe you know, it's a, maybe you know it's a new Timberlake. Actually, is West Side Connection bow down. What? There is uh, some, yeah, that's that's the, I can sing that song better than maybe even Ice Cube. But, oh, oh, really? Okay, well, give us some. Do you remember the well, word? You know, I, yo, I remember every lyric, but obviously you can't. I can't sing it because the swear words and all the the bad lyrics. But. Uh, if I got caught by that, I think Dale would have me on the first flight home back to Las <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we'll save it for another time. So, sure, sure. Chris, not sure if you've heard, but it's rumored that Kanye and uh, Kim Kardashian are now an item. Uh, she's always in Miami. Um, being in Miami, every huge celeb spends time there. They vacation there. They play there. Um, by virtue of being a pro athlete in that city, who is the most visible celebrity you've met to date? Well, here Alex Rodriguez was at our, one of our last games, and uh, Alex Rodriguez came to watch a hockey game. Yeah, he was at a game a couple of weeks ago. Wow! We played the Jets, and we've had a couple. You know, we've had a lot of uh, you know big celebrities. Burn Notice. I know a bunch of people from Burn Notice. They've come out to uh, a couple of our games, and um, you know, uh, I haven't met too many here. Just more so talking to them. Um, I guess. I hear said I've been to a lot of heat games so far, so I got to see them, you know, front row, which is pretty cool. But uh, a lot of people actually, I was surprised, did come to our games this year. Did you get to like have a conversation with A Rod? No, no, definitely he, not. He, I would love to have a conversation with A Rod, but uh, he, I guess, he was just at the game. Shania Twain's been to a couple games. Nice, um, you know. So it's uh, it's definitely uh, from what I've heard. So it's definitely. Um, you know, it's something people enjoy down here to go to, and I think for more so playoffs, I, I'd assume more more would come. That's cool. It'd be it'd be awesome if like some of the Heat actually came to your your games to just show that kind of support. Like, uh, yeah, you know, yeah, it would, it would definitely. It would be real cool if they could get out and, and see a game. Obviously, we support them really well, so it'd be nice if, if they had time to come out too. So back in the uh, 2020, 2010 playoffs, I was covering. Uh, you know, I was on the road for like eight, nine weeks and, you know, uh, I interviewed you a bunch of times. And and uh, I think it was during the Stanley Cup finals or maybe it was the 
I think it was the finals. One day, you know, we're at the rink, and I was like, let's go grab some food. You're like, cool. So we went to this little, what was the name of that burger joint? We sat on the patio, the upstairs patio. Wait, do you, uh, you know, I it was like. It, uh, it, it looked like a rusty, it looked like a little shack, like from the outside. Yeah, there's that, a bike on top of it, too. Yeah, it was, it was a cool spot. On the bike, yeah, and it was like a breakfast joint, and people went there for Sunday dinners. I, I forgot what it was called, but it was right around the corner kind of from my house. Can you tell? Spoke, I think it was called. Wait, what's it called? What? Spoke. Spoke? Oh, okay. Yeah, spoke, maybe. Or something like that, like bike spokes. I don't know. Can you tell? I don't know. Can you tell the Vince Vaughn story again? You, what, I'll, 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 I'll tee you up. I don't know if you can, but I'll tee it up with you guys were at a. I asked about like Vince Vaughn coming to the Blackhawks games. You're like, yeah, he's a cool dude. I've got to meet him. And, you know, we've, we broke bread. And, and you said, you told a story about being at a wedding. And, and Vince Vaughn was there, and then you asked him about someone that he used to date. Can you tell that story? I don't, I got to remember that one, you know. I definitely got to remember that one. He, uh, I, I actually really know him well through um, his wife. Uh, she's kind of from our, uh, from the area I'm from, and we know some mutual people. And that's, uh, and obviously him being a huge Hawks fan, that's how we ended up really meeting too. So, um I, I gotta, you know, I was looking at that. I gotta, you know, really figure out that story before I even talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> is that is that your way of saying I don't want to tell that story? Yeah, I pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> Very politically right. correct. Way yeah, to do yeah. That. Okay, okay, fine. I just I just wanted to ask you if you felt comfortable telling the story, that, but you don't, so we won't. Yeah, it's, we, but you know, we won't he, tell that story. He's he's one of the greatest guys. You know, I've I've truly met. He's very down to earth, and uh, we get along very well. And you know, uh, you, can you can you imper- can you impersonate his voice? Are there some comedians that can do what? like a good like? I can't impersonate his voice at all, and but definitely I've talked about you know hanging around him a, a couple times, and if you eat with him, it's almost uh, it, it's very surreal that you're actually with him. That's uh, one of the first times I've ever been starstruck. Kind of when I first met him, he was uh, like I said, he was genuinely very nice and hanging around him was almost like hanging around someone at a movie script. It was really. Uh, watching one of his movies because he's constantly always on. He's always really funny and he's always commenting on everything, which is really neat. So, but does he do, like, you know, he has, like, in the movies, he has that cadence. He's like, uh, like, I, I just I just think of, like, Wedding Crashers. He's like... Uh, yeah, where he spouts off and he yeah. starts talking about the motorboating and everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah he... that's, it's definitely exactly what he's like, you know, in real <laughs> life. He's, he, uh, I got to watch him on set, too, uh, when he was uh, doing the movie The Dilemma, a bunch of us went down to the scene where him and, you know, Channing Tatum were doing a scene when uh, he walks up to the door and he finds that uh, Channing's, you know, with uh, Kevin James's wife. So we got to see that whole scene shot, which was pretty cool. And uh, But you got to see him act as well. And obviously he's very talented too. That's awesome. You just get that vibe that he'd be that actor that you'd want to hang out with. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like know, when you see the movies. Guy. Yeah. Um, so the playoffs are about to start. You guys are facing New Jersey. But on the Cabby Show, we don't really want to talk about the specifics of the series. Uh, what we want to discuss about is your relationships with the referees as players. Like, what conversations do you guys try to befriend them so it works in your favor? Well, I think you always, you know, <laughs> you always try to be friends with the refs. They're always, they're obviously out there trying to do their job to the best as they can. And you know, we have the best refs, obviously, in the world in our league. And um, this year, there's a Swedish ref that had come uh, into our league as well. So we have the best refs in the world, and they obviously know what they're doing. Sometimes 
you know, you try to talk to them before and just see how their day is going, basically. And at times, you know, you, you give it to them or they give it back to you because I think the game is such an emotional game that for myself, it's almost impossible for me not to, even though I try to tell myself, you know, don't get involved. Uh, you know, you're yelling at the rest at times. But um, they, you, you're friends with a lot of them, too. You know, you talk to them and you see how they're doing. And obviously, in the end, they're just trying to do their job and we're trying to do ours. Um, so, I mean, you've, you've played on a few teams and you've been around the league a while. Like, who who's the best you've seen at getting them on their side? Like, getting those phantom calls? Uh, you know? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I think, you know what? I think uh, if you're playing hard and you're playing your game, the ref is definitely going to have to make calls regardless. So you can't sway them? No, I, I, I truly don't think you can sway them. I'd love to. I, if there is and you guys have any secrets, let me know. <laughs> well, dude, well, we're not on the ice like you are. But, like, but like, isn't there a way, I mean, other than just saying, like, hey, what's up and how you doing? Like, do you call them by their first names? Do you know the referees by their first names? Yeah, you, you know them all by their first names. So, uh and if you don't call them by their first names, uh, I've had an instance where I didn't call one of them by their first names. I said his number, you know, just kind of uh, out of pure uh, frustration. I was trying to get a hold of him, and I said his number. And, he, yeah, it was pretty funny. He told me to go read the, uh, <laughs> read the um, player manual and figure out his name. I'm like, well, I know your name, but it was, it was a pretty funny argument. So okay, but so there's like so there's no one on your team or any of the teams that you've played for that had a particular gift. You'd be like that guy that just like that's just you know just trying to curry favor, like just over there a little bit, you know, either cracking jokes with them or trying to be trying to get them on their side. There, there's got to be like well, think, one guy think, that, that you I played think with. That, that guy, you know, Taser's a bit of a brown noser. You know, <laughs> he's always over there kissing up to the refs and. Um, trying to get them on his side and then, you know, yelling at their ass and then going back, you know, that's Taser. It's his, uh, so, I, you know, when you're watching Taser in the next playoff series, he's probably going to be trying to persuade the ref most of the time. So Jonathan Taves, your, your former captain of the Chicago Blackhawks, to you has, has the, uh, the best gift of, of, of brown-nosing the, uh, the referees to get them on your side. That is brown, brown-nosing in general. Tell them I said that, too. <laughs> Absolutely. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll shoot him a text after this. Um, so I, I was um, uh, recently, actually next month is the, uh, the CFL draft. And I was recently at a combine and, and like, uh, I was watching these guys bench 225 pounds. When, have you ever been able to bench 225 pounds? You personally? Yeah, I, I've not very many times. I think uh, in the summertime, the most I can bench 225 might be four times. Uh, but uh, that's uh, really late in the summer. But <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I haven't done the bench press for a while right now. But those guys put it up, I think, 25 times close to, right? Yeah. It's, one, one guy put it up about 40 times. Like, he was just yeah. a beast. Like, a, an offensive lineman. He's just... Had a giant barrel chest. Uh, yeah, these guys crush it, and they're—I uh, mean, they're. I have a old friend actually. We grew up together playing hockey together. He plays. I, I don't know. He was with the Alouettes, and he got traded to the Eskimos. Dylan Steenberg, and if you know that name, I have—I uh, haven't met him. No. No, but yeah, he. I played with him hockey, and he's a big boy too. And I, I could just imagine how much he could bench press. Now, now, if you guys had a. No, I, I mean, I don't even know. If, do you guys even bench press when you're working out as hockey dudes? Like, do you uh, need upper body strength? Yeah, in the, in the summertime, I think we do a lot of more thin grip bench press and stuff like that. Uh, you know, these guys in, in football, they go for such explosive 
short reps, you know, on the field. They only each play I think usually lasts, you know, anywhere from two to ten seconds depending on a, a long play. So their their reps are more short and explosive and uh, I think it's a little bit different workouts, but some of the same stuff at the same time. Chris, who's the guy on your team that would get laughed out of the gym if you guys had a contest to bench 225? Like the worst in the gym? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who would get laughed out of the oh, gym? Be like John Madden. For sure. <laughs> yeah. John Madden? He'd be the. You know, and he is so fast out there. And wait, and wait, wait, he, Chris. He, did you say Sean or John? John, John. John, like Madden. the guy, you played with John in Chicago, no? Chicago, yeah. yeah. That same John Matt. Okay, yeah. Isn't that dude like 40? He's a, yeah, he's, I think he's 37. But you know what? And he's out there, and he looks like he's still a, a 20-year-old kid, the way he can skate and play the game, which is, is great. And he's such a great guy, too, and me and him get along so well. But I, I cannot see him in the weights, hitting the weights very, very <laughs> well, I guess. Okay, John Madden. That's that's funny. So when you get those big crippling hits, I mean, sometimes the bigger the hit, it doesn't hurt. It just looks bad. But are you aware that the cameras are on you? Like you're like, oh man, I can't show that this hurt because like it's going to be all over TSN. I think if you ask anyone, you don't really think about it until after the game. Um, you get hit, and you're more so just wondering where your bearings are, and then you try to figure out, you know, which way the bench is. That <laughs> When you get to the bench, you figure about putting all your bearings back in place and getting out there for the next shift. I think it's more so after the game when your buddies are calling you and texting you, chirping you about how hard you got hit. <laughs> what have you have you been laid out like that recent? Like in the oh, last, yeah. who who was the last dude to really lay you out? Where where you know friggin' you know twenty minutes after the game, you finally go to your phone and then you see you know twenty seven new text messages. I had a couple hits. I got I got hit actually a few times really hard this year. PK Subban at the start of the year, and uh, Mark Stewart uh, absolutely drilled me behind the net in Winnipeg. So um, I got back to the bench, and it was just a little bit of a daze. But um, those were the Mark Stewart one was a big one where uh, I had a lot of text messages up. <laughs> <laughs> what are friends for, right? Oh, yeah, great, great friends. Freaking <laughs> jerks. Okay, so I'm gonna dip back into the memory vault real quick. I was um. I was listening recently. Um, Barack Obama, President Barack Obama, recalled his uh, his favorite experience welcoming a team into the White House was the 1986 Bears, uh, because they never got to celebrate after they won the Super Bowl. They never got to celebrate at the White House because on the day they were supposed to visit, the Challenger tragedy happened when the space shuttle it blew up um, 90 seconds or something after launch. Um, oh yeah. And so, so a few weeks ago, Milan Lucic was on the podcast, and he took us through his whole White House experience. Take us through yours back in 2010, uh, starting with the suit that you wore. I want you to start there. Well, I, that day the team went to the White House, I had pajama pants on and a T-shirt. So um, You did not go to the White House in friggin' pajama pants. No, none of us. There's about seven or eight of us that didn't even go. So I think there's only ten guys from the team that went. Uh, after the year we won, I think 10 or 11 of us had been traded and signed elsewhere. And um, the only guy from the team prior to show up, I think two of them, sorry, it was Brent Sopel and um, QA. But between me, Bufflin, Burrish, Madden, all of um, Miami, I think there's a couple more. Uh, we None of us ended up going. Nick Boynton. We're in Philadelphia. A bunch of guys still played that day for other teams, so they couldn't go. And We we had actually been invited, me and Nick Boynton, um, that day, and we were in Philadelphia. But, I mean, it, it just 
I don't know, it just wasn't quite the same. So a bunch of us still didn't go. Oh wow! So you need you didn't even get to have that. Like you didn't. So oh, that's that, that sucks. Yeah, no. It, well, I mean, like I said, we'd all been on. There's about ten or eleven of us that were on different teams, and if you look at the picture, it's kind of funny. Uh, <laughs> there's like eight we, guys. I think there was actually ten guys, but uh, and all the other guys that were on the team that year ended up going too. So I guess they filled in for us, which you know, like I said, it was kind of sad that we couldn't figure out a day in the summer to go or something else. But um, but you know what, it was uh, it was probably a great experience for those guys. Well, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to make your own, dude. You're gonna or not? Exactly. Give me your, you're gonna have to, you're, you're gonna have to make a new one. You're gonna have to you have to band together with these dudes and uh, and make a new one. And just, yeah, for sure. That's exactly right. <laughs> so, like, okay, so so playoffs are starting. I'll I'll, I'll, I'll leave with this. You you like, you. Uh, I mean, obviously, uh, you guys are aware of uh, some of the things that are said in the media, and some some things get back to you, whether it's through other reporters or you actually see it or hear it yourself, whether you're driving home and you're you're in your car or you're watching television by yourself. So when 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 dudes. What was the uh, who was the guy that just was recently just bashing your team? Yes, yes, Kelly Chase. You, um, so what, was, what bashing, was he? What was he yeah. like? What was he saying? He called us all a bunch of scruffs and uh, cast offs. So, you know, I, I thought about if I ever got to ask that question, how I'd answer to it. But you know, you're getting in the playoffs now, and you don't want to let some disgruntled old ex player, you know, um, I guess get in your head but you know it's obviously as a team we've fought hard all this season for someone to pipe off like that and think he you know you know talk like that about our team is you know especially on a on an nhl tonight show where um i guess you'd like maybe some positive feedback as a team but uh the way he said it obviously wasn't the way when i heard it i didn't like it very much but um especially if he's going to call us a bunch of scruffs and obviously when you look at the career he had so um you can't really uh, i mean i don't even want to comment on it any further well chris is there any okay okay so is there any are there any analysts or guys that would actually that you, you would get that would you would give them a pass if they were to criticize your squad like does it have oh, to be sure. you know i mean it's it, you're going to take criticism as a team and as a squad no matter what, and we understand that we're uh, no one expects us to win, and no one expects us to uh, you know to do anything. But and that's totally fine if if people obviously don't. But when you're you know when you get bashed the way that guy bashed us the other night, calling us scruffs and cast us, and really taking it more to a personal level. Um, like I said, when he's just an analyst and uh, and like I said, maybe an older disgruntled player, it's it's definitely something where. Where, where you're like, I don't know what the hell's wrong with this guy. Yeah. So, so there. But you know, Ke- Ke- I've talked to a couple people before, and uh, you know, Kevin Weeks is a great analyst, and and the what whatever he says, whatever comes out of his mouth is generally true and very, very real. And and he spe- and um, he's definitely a guy where uh, I, I have a lot of respect for as an analyst. 
Nice, as do we. He's a Kevin. Uh, he's a he's a close friend. He's a great friend. guy too. Yeah. Great guy, great, great guy. guy. And and obviously, you know, his perspective being the goalie, you see everything on the ice, and you know, you look at the game uh, in a different way. So you know, that's that's cool that you acknowledge Kevin as a guy who you you uh, validate his opinions on the game. And I mean, and like an, my validation doesn't really matter. No, not anyway. validate, but sorry, <laughs> not, maybe not validate. Maybe that wasn't the right word. But like you you like acknowledge his. His yeah. uh, analysis of the game, and you're like, you know, I, I agree with what he has to say. Most definitely. And uh, Justin and I both agree that uh, what you had to say was was very enjoyable and very entertaining. You do, I can't, you, I can't. Can you just give us a little West Side Connect? Just give us the, <laughs> give us the Man, radio I, honestly, edit, dude. I would love, and I can, I can bust it all, the whole song from front to from the from the first lyric to the last. But bow down, you know, Cabby. I got to give you something a little more subtle, a little more subtle. Sorry. A little less. Uh, well, give me something. Give, give us something. To, give us something to, to no. get us out of here. He's been talking all day about getting you to sing on this podcast. Just, just give us something on the way, but don't give me hero. Give me like. Don't give me. Uh, give give the people something. Some there's. Hey, I, 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 I want to <laughs> give them something good, but you know what? Just go I, through your iPod I, right now. There's there's a girl on the treadmill right now. She's laughing, she's smiling, and she's she's waiting in anticipation to hear what you have to sing. Let me think. Uh, What's in your friggin' iPod? Just look right to your right. The feeling in your body, you found somebody who makes you change the ways like hanging with your crew. If you act like somebody but you don't really know that everything in your past, you want to let it go. You know that one? (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. After all that, this is what I found. You know that one? I wish I was at a club at you, about you 2 a.m. right now with that song. Yeah, yeah, though, hey, we, <laughs> you got it bad, Chris. You do have it bad. The singing is Yeah, it's terrible. It's you bad. Know what? Like I said, it just annoys a lot of people, and I thoroughly <laughs> enjoy annoying people. Hey, I kind of get, get paid to annoy people, too. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah. you're rolling the ice, sure, why not? And you also get paid to score goals. And we hope that you score several big ones uh, in the 2012 NHL playoffs and uh, thank you so much for entertaining us, and it was awesome having you on the podcast, dude. Ah, for sure. Thank you guys very much. No problem, man. Uh, good luck the rest of the way, my man. Yeah, thank you. Mission accomplished. I got Christopher Stieg to sing, and if all else fails, you got to go with You Got It Bad by Usher. Are there any, um, Justin, are there any songs by Usher that you can sing in their entirety? No, it? not at all, actually. Can you sing any Usher? Don't sing You Got It no, Bad. No, I'm not going to sing. No, but okay. I, I mean, no. I don't. Do you think? Do you think uh, women find it cute when uh, someone when, who's terrible sings to them? Yeah. Uh, maybe they get like an A for effort for trying. But I mean, at the end of the day, they're still going to be like, e. I mean, it just does not sound good. Right. Certainly, when our voice cracks, I don't know. It, it maybe like I should. Okay, so if you're a woman listening to this podcast, let me know via Twitter or on Facebook or something. Is it cute or annoying when men playfully? Try to sing to you. Actually, I've done it before. Playfully. Yeah. I sang to one of my girlfriends back in high school. I I sang When a Man Loves a Woman. (laughs) Did you? (laughs) Yeah. That's a a big song to sing. Yeah. Well, I had it on, too. I just sang over it. Yeah, along with it. Yeah. Yeah. Which I believe is how most dudes would sing. It was probably like for like a three-month anniversary of one of those things, like back when you do when you're in high school. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, but, <laughs> I, used, I used to give like a rose every yeah, month. Every month, yeah. yeah. Here's a rose. So corny. <laughs> and my game has not evolved since then. No. Uh, I want to say thank you to Corey Schneider for the perspective inside the dressing room. 
uh, of the Vancouver Canucks and his uh, perspective on people watching. Gotta love SoCal. SoCal. Edmonton's a tough one. I, yeah. I, I'm surprised he didn't say Buffalo. Ooh, yeah. Buff- I, was, I thought the peg might have came up, too. Yeah, Winnipeg is like... But the- Buffalo... <laughs> I've been to Buffalo multiple times, and there's not yeah, a lot of we have. We remember, have. Remember, obviously, you remember we went to Buffalo yeah. uh, last year during the playoffs to watch the Philadelphia Flyers play uh, play the Sabers, and baby bro Mike Richards is on the Flyers, and uh, Justin's really good friends with uh, Jeff Carter. And they did not like us. No, we were we we're both wearing orange, orange. T-shirts, and. We got called so many derogatory names, like blatantly and loud, like walking through there. It was, I felt like it was 1971, like the way that we were just through people were hurling terms at us. <laughs> it was an experience. It was one that I don't want to repeat. No. Uh, and uh, congratulations to Christopher Stieg and his Florida Panthers for winning the Southeast Division and advancing to the playoffs. I wonder how uh, Claude Giroux would rank the best hockey hairstyles, seeing as though Versteeg ranked himself higher than Giroux. I, I, I'm going to have to ask him that. Yeah, because didn't he say he didn't want Giroux to beat him in anything? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. And uh, thank you for the usher, too, at the, uh, at the end there. Oh, one, one more thing. Thank you to Corey Schneider for putting... Blake Griffin on your Mount Rushmore. Yeah, he was thinking about you. Yeah, a very like culturally diverse Mount Rushmore. <laughs> yes, it's Corey Schneider, the politician, indeed. Uh, thank you to the professional fun hand haver and master of good times, Justin Mulligan, aka the Ninth Wonder. You can read his thoughts and follow his good times on Twitter at underscore Justin Mulligan, J U S T I N underscore M U L L I G A N. This week on Cabby Presents, Olympic triathlete Paula Finley makes her debut appearance, and she'll be representing Canada in London at the 2012 Games this July. So you can see that on SportsCenter. And lastly, if you're really bored, actually, that was stupid. Lastly, you can follow me on Twitter. I was going to say, it was like, if you're really bored, it's kind of like a humble brag, and that's just stupid. It was, so, yeah, I was just like, yeah. Like, yeah, you can just, okay, if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's at the real Cabby, and that's uh, T H E R E A L. C A B B I E. And you're you're a good Twitter follow. Yeah, you, know, you got some in- intuitive questions. All right. Well, okay. That's well. Thank you. For I'll that. get. I'll, I will pump your tires for you because nah, it sounds better when I do it. Okay. Fine. And uh, and lastly, uh, if you're on Facebook, it's facebook.com/slash Cabral Richards. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Cabby with Justin, and I'm gone. Thank you for listening to Cabby Presents the podcast.